Howdy. Welcome back. Happy Friday. I love Fridays. So if you've been following along with these fleeting thoughts of mine, you know that I recently watched a documentary called 1946, The Mistranslation That Shifted Culture. Now, I felt so many things about this documentary, as you can imagine. Basically, I'm going to sum it up for you in one sentence, as do they in some of their messaging. Ready? The first time the word homosexual appeared in the Bible was, you guessed it, 1946. Uh, what? I was so excited to watch this, uh, knowing that someone had uncovered the fact that there was a mistranslation of from Aramaic to Hebrew to Greek, or however that translation funneled down. I think that what I just stated is accurate. And that the Greek translation to English errantly interchanged a type of person, homosexual, with a horrific act of dominance and lack of consent between a man and a boy single-handedly lumping homosexual persons into the camp of things that God supposedly abhors. And so, of course, I'm championing this documentary, right? But I also found myself slightly angry at the fact that some people question that the error today is not an error when they successfully failed to question it when the error was made. Watch it for yourself and see. And if you find holes in it, let's have a conversation. The good news is it cracked something open. While people, especially the evangelical community, are hell-bent on not caring if it was mistranslated. It reminds me, back when I was doing publicity for authors, I had an opportunity to talk on the phone with Shirley Roper Phelps, you know, of the Fred Phelps clan in Kansas, the Westboro Baptist Church people who go to funerals and celebrate when gay people die. I mean, they do all, they go to funerals for a lot of reasons and celebrate that God hates But that was a real fun conversation. And I tried to make a case on the phone that even if Jesus himself told her that she was wrong, she'd argue with him. Man, this is how people get stuck in thought. It's amazing. It's amazing how we land on something, we give it meaning, and we are going to, no matter what evidence is put in front of us, we are going to continue believing it, do or die. There are preachers, people of clergy, of faith, quoting that homosexuals, should actually be killed because the Bible says that they should. When all along, if they just changed the poorly translated word to what it actually meant, we'd live in a whole different world. Just think of the weight of that. Just think of that one thing, that one error. Man, I had so many emotions during and after watching that. So anyway, I learned a long time ago that science had discovered something about dolphins feeling emotions at 100% and that they, you know, feel them, right? The feeling, the emotion washes over them. They say they feel them and then they just let them go. They feel sadness, anger, whatever the emotion, they feel it at 100% and then they move on. And I've always kind of been one of those people. For the most part, I can let things go, but when I'm gripped by a thought and an emotion comes in, and especially something so close to home like this, I can get really like just gripped. And then I have to step away from it, pull back from it and look at it and see. So I did this, right? And I attempted to do this. I was talking to a friend of mine because I was seemingly paralyzed by the emotion of those. I sounded like the dad in A Christmas Story, just cussing away, banging at the at the heater downstairs. <laughs> I was just like, you know, going on and on. And it was beautiful because she mirrored back to me. She was like, hey, isn't this an amazing playground for what you're trying to do in the world? 
It's about the bigger piece, about this division piece I'm wanting to help eradicate, this us-them narrative and this I can't be in your tribe because you don't agree with me and I can't be in my family because we don't see eye to eye. And Because if you know me and you've listened to Daughter Father Dance, my other podcast, you know I have my own personal problem with the evangelical ilk. And I recognize this. It's a sticking point for me because I don't trust them. And I think about, okay, well, they feel the same way about me. They don't trust me. They think I'm abhorred by God and that I should be killed. So I've got to work on this. And I know this. I know it's a great, as she says, a great playing ground. So watching the movie 1946 has been for me working through and looking at how flared I get by these things, how much weight I give the thought that evangelicals should not be trusted. You know, how do I deconstruct this in a way that's constructive and not buying into the very thing I'm accusing them of buying into? And that is pointing fingers and saying, you're bad and you're bad and God hates you and you should go to hell and you should be killed. And I mean, I don't want anybody to be killed. I'm not helping bridge the divide if I'm just getting all hot and bothered about these people, right? I'm doing the exact same thing I wish they'd stop doing to me. So today's thought I want everyone to consider is if it's evidential in this documentary that Sharon Rocky Roggio, Roggio, I don't really know how she says it. She said it in the documentary, but my mind was just like, I have to watch it again. I was in a fog through the whole thing because it's like, because I was stewing, right? I was, I was out of my body. Anyway, if that is true, that's a powerful error that can be brought to light and free a lot of imprisonment we've put people in and we've put ourselves in. We've put constructs of religion in place in a way that's marred people and consequently has, I think, marred our relationship with the divine. Now, finding our way back is on us. But think about if this error had never happened, what a more inclusive place we'd live. So how beautiful ultimately is this film that it's opening conversations about rethinking something as huge as this? I mean, seriously, the subtitle is pretty powerful. The mistranslation that shifted culture. Holy moly, one word. The thing is, it's a story of many people's minds from thousands of years ago. It's a story. And yes, if you're a believer, it's a true story. You believe Paul, Peter, Luke, John, Mark, everybody had the best intentions when they interpreted what Jesus said, or that the authors of the Old Testament in the Jewish Bible were accurate and didn't have agendas. And as we've discussed, even historical data is penned and later translated by people who have perspectives and agendas. That's what we do. And that's what we have to keep an open mind about. And by the way, where's Mary Magdalene's gospel and all those other people that were there? I'm always confused by that. But anyway, there's a great piece in there by a Orthodox Jewish rabbi, Stephen Greenberg, and he references the the Old Testament and how the Hebrew Bible, well, I'll let you listen for yourself, but there's so much in there, so much in this doc. And the takeaway relative to thought is that some of the facts can and are incorrect. It's just thought coming in always, and we decide what we do with it. And what we do with it creates our life experiences. And I'm suggesting that we strongly encourage ourselves and one another to stop trying to say our life experience and the thoughts we land on and give weight to and give meaning to should be everyone else's life experience and thought and just as important as you've made yours. Call it what it is. See it for what it is, because I think we'd all be happier if we could just get some space between my thoughts are the right thought. Errant translations, when you attempt to oppress other people with them, are not a good use of giving meaning to thought, by the way. 
1946, The Mistranslation That Shifted Culture. Take a look. See what you think. Feel free to reach out to me if you want to talk. I'm always up for these kind of conversations. And have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. I don't feel the way I should when I look at me. I don't recognize that girl and it's hard to breathe. With all this weight on my lungs and I can't see how I can do this on my own. Tell me how can I make it? When I always fake it Oh, how can I save me When I feel like breaking Oh, how can I make it My mind's always changing Those blood stains are fading But I am still breaking apart When I look at me